0: Morning. Ah, yeah. oh, that's good. We're going to have a fun time with this word. Let me just have some water. I'm nervous. <laughs> you know, I, as I was preparing this word, you know, I was telling the people in Stains that um, I had a very nice intro very nice one. It sounded nice. I said, ah, my family, church family will love this one. But in the morning before I went to preach the word, the Holy Spirit said I should change it because even as I was going to bed the night before, I was like, you know, there was an unsettling in my spirit that something was not quite right with that intro because Weeks before, he had given me how to start the word. But I said, "Ah." you know, I was like, "Mm, you know how you talk yourself out of what God tells you to do. So, in the morning before I went to Stains, I had to rewrite my intro. And the introduction is this. This is how he told me to start this word. If there is a time to have faith, more than ever, it is now. Yeah? If you listen to the average person on the street, there's one thing they talk about these days, the economy and the cost of living. And the thing that fuels this narrative is just our newsfeed, social media platforms, everybody's talking about the economy. But I'm sorry to disappoint you guys, because that is not the most pressing problem in our society today. The most pressing problem in our society today is sin. Oh, can I say that again? (laughs) The most pressing problem in our society today is sin. And something dropped in my spirit. You know, I said, I'd rather go hungry to heaven than go to hell full. Does that make sense? It's all about our needs. But the Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? So God is calling us to greater things. God is calling us to greater things. We are continuing our series today on the timeless songs of the Old Testament. And the title of my message is, I know that will say, God who lifts us up. But I changed it to God is our strength. He lifts us up, so He's our strength. So bear with that. We're going to be looking at Habakkuk 3, 19. But before I start, let me give you some context. Habakkuk, was, is there a clicking sound? Okay. Habakkuk, was a prophet in Judah. And he was surrounded by iniquity of Judah. There was so much sin. The law was perverted. People were worshipping idols. The Jehovah they sang about when they were delivered from Egypt was no longer important anymore. They were more interested in their bellies and their pleasure and so habakkuk being a righteous man that he is he is he's worried about this thing and he the question he's asking is god what are you doing about this look at what your people are doing they pervert justice they worship idols they oppress the needy what are you doing So he goes into prayer and asks God. Habakkuk is about this back and forth with with Habakkuk. It's a book about him having this conversation back and forth with, with God. And God says to him, I know about the situation. And here is how I'm going to solve the problem. I am raising the Babylonians who are going to come and take over the nation. And that is going to be my destruction plan for sin. Of course, this is not what Habakkuk wants to hear. Habakkuk is like, oh God, I wanted, you know, do bada bim, bada bam. Do what you do and everything will be all right. And, And God says, no, there will be judgment for sin. And I'm raising the Babylonians to do this. And this is what he said. God is quite explicit about what he tells them. I'm bringing a terrible nation to invade Judah. They are known for their violence. Their horses are swifter than leopards. They are fiercer than wolves. They devour their prey. <laughs> they devour their prey and gather captives like sand. They scoff at kings and scorn princes. Can you imagine getting that answer for your prayer? Habakkuk is saying, God, how can you do this? And God says to him, I want you to write down that vision. Write down everything I'm telling you. It's going to be for a little while. It's not gonna come immediately, but it will come. And you know, God is so good. He waits, he pronounced judgment and waits to see if his children will turn around. So that waiting for the fulfillment of this destruction was write down the vision, publish it so that whoever who sees it runs will change, will change their mind and, uh, from their sinful ways and worship Jehovah. When Habakkuk realizes the limitation of his knowledge. He erupts in praise. Let us read our verse for today. Habakkuk 3, 17 to 19. Habakkuk says this, verse 17. Though the figs tree do not bud and there is no grape on the vine, Though the olive crops fail and the fields produce no food, though there is no sheep in the sheepfold and no cattle in the stalls, yet, sorry, my thing, yet I will praise the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign God is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. What a man of faith. He went from worry to tremendous faith. But what made him arrive at this this station? What made him change his mind? The news was bad. Situation was not going to change. How did he arrive at at this station? Point where he is now confessing that even if things get even worse than what is going to be, God, are, you are still my strength. Let me show you the pattern I saw in the book. Number one, prayer. In times of uncertainty, Habakkuk went to God. Why did he go to God? because he lacked the spiritual intelligence to understand what was going on at the time. How many of you know that God can share his intelligence with us? Because he says, I share my plans with my servants. It's in the word of God. So Habakkuk knew this and he goes to the throne God of wisdom to find out, God, what is happening? What is your plan? As we can see, this is the importance of prayer. This is not any ordinary prayer. It was a prayer, although the book is written as a back and forth, there was waiting in between for God to respond. Because guess what? When we address God, he may be our father, but he's also a king. So Habakkuk had to wait for an answer, impatient, waiting. Sometimes when we pray, we're in a rush. God, I need this, amen, hallelujah, by God. And, and we're out of the door, and we, we can tick our sheet, yes, we prayed. But this was an intentional prayer. Intentional prayer. I want to know not only what you're doing, I want to know how, we can nav- how I'm going to navigate this situation while I wait for your plan to be manifested. That was what he was asking God and we can do the same thing too sometimes members of our family you can see lines of family all the men are alcoholics all the men are gamblers this is time you know you go to God like Habakkuk did into your prayer closet and ask God why Habakkuk shows us that making an inquiry with God it's good. It's not just about God, give me this, give me this. It's God, why is this happening? Believe you me, I've tried it. It works. It works. So as, he, as, so as he's, he's praying, he gets, he gets a word. God says to him, not many words, The just shall live by faith. In his prayer closet, he gets a word, the just shall live by faith. What was God telling him? Habakkuk, you must live by faith, even though you don't understand what is going on. People who are called by my name live by faith. Because why do we live by faith? Because we trust God that he will work all things out for our good. The word he received is called a Rema word. What is a Rema word? A Rema word is a now word. A specific word God speaks to you in your, in your prayer closet. That is just for you. You take a situation into, in prayer to God and God gives you, God answers back and say, he can give you a verse. Or he can give you words of comfort. And another way he also talks is sometimes, have you ever read your Bible and something jumps off the page at you? That's your rhema word, your now word for that situation you are praying for. Other times, it bubbles out of your spirit. Every time you read the word of God, the word of God is stored in your heart. And sometimes in prayer, a word can just bubble up out of your spirit. Who have experienced that? So you can see I'm not, I'm not just making it up. <laughs> so a word can bubble out of your spirit, and that becomes your rema word. So with this word, Habakkuk is strengthened spiritually. First prayer, then he receives a word. He is strengthened. Let me tell you, the strength God is talking about is not physical strength. The strength God is talking about here is spiritual strength. Spiritual strength is greater than physical strength. Can I give you an example? When Paul says this, when I'm strong, I'm weak. What is he talking about? Not his physical strength, he's talking about his spiritual strength. Now this word that Habakkuk, now let's, let's read, before I get carried away, now let's read the importance of God's word. The Bible says this, my son, Do not forget my teachings. Keep my commandments in your heart for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. That's the importance of God's word. Whether written, whether rema. it strengthens us. And let me see, the word then Habakkuk receives becomes the substance in which he stands on. It increases his faith. So he goes into prayer. He receives a word. The word now becomes the rocket fuel for his faith. So the substance he's now standing on is no longer uh, the stuff that is no longer what is happening around him. The substance he now stands on is the word of God. What substance are we standing on? Are we standing on the substance from Sky News or BBC? Or are we, are, are we standing on the substance of God's Word? Because when we stand, our foundation is the Word of God, we remain unmovable. We, we gain spiritual strength. Then we can no longer say God is our strength in a vacuum. While, while saying God is our strength, Habakkuk didn't say that in a vacuum. God, he received a word, so that was what he was standing on. They just shall live by faith. That was his rema word. In the beginning of this year, um, I was very wary. You know, I was having a difficult time in a relationship. And I was weary I didn't want to pray anymore I was hurt I was angry and I didn't even consult God to be honest you know how you get your life off and then I booked a holiday I went on holiday and I began to seek God and God said to me My Rhema word came. And the Rhema word was this. Galatians 2.20. Candy, it is no longer you that live, but Christ that lives in you. And the life, Candy, I want you to now live. You live by Jesus Christ, who died, who loved you and died on the cross for you. He gave me another verse. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge me and I will direct your path. You know, those two words strengthened me. Did the situation change? No. But what it made me do is that it made me see my problem through the lens of God. So when I look at that person, I'm kind. When I look at that person, I'm not angry. And he gave me the spiritual strength to continue because I had, it, 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 the situation really changed me in a place. I was, I was, I was held there. I couldn't function. I even called Andy, Andy, I'm due to preach. I can't do it. But when those two words came, oh my goodness, my faith shot up. And I can understand what Habakkuk, what Habakkuk, when Habakkuk received his word, what that did to him, the rocket fuel for his faith. And there's something else Habakkuk does, did. He just didn't keep it to himself. You know, when God is good to you, don't keep it to yourself. God, he made a declaration of faith. Let me just say this. The effectiveness of God's word is dependent on our response to it. Can I say that again? The, <laughs> the effectiveness of God's word depends on how we respond to it. I can tell you now, God will, uh, will never leave you or forsake you, right? Right? One person will hear that word and say, oh, God, I've heard that before. I've heard it before. They keep it. They've heard the word. They keep it. Another person will say, huh? They will write it down. They'll put it in. In fact, that will become their, they'll go home and put it in their wardrobe. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Then begin to meditate on it. Now, what's the difference between two of these people? The two people came to church. They had a word. One did something with it. One didn't. So hearing is not enough. We must respond to the word. Because when we respond to the word, we can make declarations of faith. So let us see what Habakkuk does with his declaration of faith. He declares this, and I'm going to read the word again. Though the fig trees do not bud, and there is no grape, on the vine though the olive crops fail and the fields do not produce food, uh, and the fields produce no fruit what is he talking about that means father though there is no food in waitrose tesco or any supermarket you are my strength even though i do not find food to eat tomorrow god did not tell him there'll be there'll be drought now he's becoming radical in his faith that's the response. To me. God didn't say there will be a drought. He didn't say that. But now he's become a radical. He's got this faith, and he's saying, God, even though we don't have food, I go to the school, it will be if I don't have food in the supermarket tomorrow. If I wake up again, then he says, then if there is no sheep in the f- uh, sheephold or there's no cattle in the store, for them, animals were a sign of wealth. That means I go back to my and my bank balance is not that big. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Now the joy of the Lord became his strength. I will rejoice in God, my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. And let's have the picture. That is not Photoshop. You can see that, that there's a documentary on YouTube, you can go and see that. That is real. And this is the imagery he's using. He will make my feet like the feet of the deer. He will enable me to tread on high. That means no matter what comes, these guys are, are looking for food in dangerous terrain. Yet, if God can keep them, design their wolves to withstand that. To 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 to, to look at her, look at that little one. I wonder how he got up there. You know. So, if God designed that and they were meant to get their food from this dangerous terrain, how much more us? How much more can God keep us? And I want to finish this word by saying this. God is our strength, is he not? Yes. But there's nothing, remember how I started this this word. There's nothing that kills spiritual strength than sin. Because what sin does, it it doesn't align us with God. If we look at the picture of Israel, they were a formidable nation, handpicked by God. This is a nation that they just sang songs around round a fortress and it all fell in Jericho. They were a powerful nation, but one thing defeated them all the time, sin. One thing defeated, and these things are recorded for, our, for, for us to learn from their mistake. One thing defeated Israel. No matter how formidable they were, they aligned back with God, they were formidable. Sin comes, they became weak. So I'm asking, what is your spiritual life like? Are you weak or are you strong? Sorry, I'm saying you, but I'm including myself in this. Are we weak or are we strong? Are we going to cry like the rest of the world are crying now? Or are we going to be people that will rise up in faith to proclaim the excellencies of our God. Because if God says he's our strength, he's a powerful God, then if he's strong, then we are strong. But it all comes down to do you believe? And if you do believe, are you aligned with him? Because God will never align with us. We have to align with him. So what is your spiritual life like? What do you need to let go of today so that you can be, so that we can be women and men of God who are displaying the manifold wisdom of God, not only in our family, in our society, wherever it is that we work, in our world. God says the righteous must be bold as lions. Are you a lion, or are are we sheep? That's a very, that's a challenge to us. But the question, the only person who can answer that question is, I can only answer for myself. You can only go into your prayer concert and answer for yourself. Am I really obedient to God? Am I really aligned with God? Because that would determine your spiritual strength. Let us pray. Father Almighty God, Father, you know every single one of our weaknesses. You know that. You know every single one of our weaknesses. Father, today we cry out like David cried. Search us, Lord, and know our hearts. Check if there is any evilness or sin in us, Lord. And lead us in in your everlasting way, Lord. Father, we are sorry for times when, Father, we go our way. and still boast about you, yet, Lord, we are not aligned with you. Father, we repent of that right now in Jesus' name. We lay, Father, we lay everything down, Lord, so that, Lord Almighty God, we will manifest your glory to our our world, Lord, our dying world, our world that is surrounded by darkness. Father, may we not be people, Lord Almighty God, who will compromise with sin, But Father, may we be people, Lord, whom you have declared holy from the foundations of the earth. And Father, I pray that, Lord Almighty God, we will walk in that holiness. So that, Lord Almighty God, we will permeate your fragrance everywhere we go. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.